0: Join me in prayer, please. Lord, this morning, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable, Lord, to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We welcome you again this morning into a great and lovely season of Advent. Here we are as a church in preparation of the greatest news that any of us has ever heard and will ever be able to share. The message of a God who sends his one and only son for us. Isn't it fun to be able to prepare in this time of anticipation for uh, Christmas? Do you remember what that was like as a young child? I know at my house there's a lot of different things that we would do in preparation of our house. My mom would get out all those different decorations that we had stored away. She would begin uh, baking. Uh, She would begin getting out those candles that smelled just like Christmas. You know what I'm talking about, that smell of of cinnamon, uh, that smell of, of sugar or eggnog or nutmeg. You know what it smells like. What about the other smells of Christmas? I remember one in particular. I'll get to that in just a moment. Think about what we look forward to, though. What do we look forward to truly in the spirit of Christmas? Pastor John, as I was in his office this morning, has a little uh, placard on his wall that somebody knit for him, and it has our opening verse for today from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a beautiful message. Jesus, our King, our Lord, and our Savior. Now, when we were preparing for Christmas, as I remembered all those lovely smells inside of our house, there's another one that stands out to me. I used to always help my dad get out the different ornaments and decorations and the lights that we had stored away in our garage. Uh, The house we lived in growing up in California had this detached garage and high up in the eaves beyond everything else is where we put our Christmas decorations. And I could remember when he would climb up on that ladder... And get out those uh, cardboard boxes of ornaments that had been tucked away for so long. And the smell of dust that was upon all of them. You know what it's like. You have it at your house too. That smell of dust that was upon it. But it reminds me of, of Christmas. Those ornaments that were up there. Stored, uh, hidden, and mainly forgotten for about 10 and a half to 11 months. Sometimes we do the exact same thing with that beautiful message that we hear today from that book of Isaiah. That wonderful God that is given to us in the birth of Jesus Christ. And we look forward to it on December 25th with all of our might, with all of that anticipation. But once it passes, do we pack it away? Is that birth gone of that greatest news ever given to me and you? Or is it alive within our hearts? Not gathering dust at some back place of our life, stored on the eaves to be forgotten and to be hidden away. This is the most important news that we will ever hear. Remember that again. The most important news that we will ever hear. Not just today, uh, not just this week, not just this month in this time of Advent, but every day in our lives. A God who sends his one and only son not only to be born, but to be sacrificed for our sins. It's hard sometimes to uh, constantly remember that promise. We get busy, we get preoccupied, maybe out of fear we forget. Maybe sometimes it's out of a lack of faith. That text from the Old Testament this morning is very interesting. Again, a parallel passage talking about an angel announcing the birth of, Of this son, God announcing the birth of a son that is to come to the person of Abraham and to Sarah. Review that passage with me just briefly again this morning uh, from Genesis chapter 17, beginning at verse 15. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah, her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? When we look at God's plans in this text this morning, it may be very hard to, To believe. Even Abraham, when he hears these words from God himself, it says he falls down on his face laughing. He just can't believe it. How could that be possible? Why do we not believe that? Why do we have such a hard time believing the promises that God has given to us? A couple years ago, my wife Rachel and I decided we were going to buy a day bed for the back of our house, one of the bedrooms that we had, so when guests can't come over, that we could fit a couple more people in. We had bought a bed frame, and I needed to get a mattress, and so I just got online and started reading all different reviews about all different mattresses in a very short amount of time, found one that had uh, thousands, literally thousands of ratings. And the bed said uh, on all the ratings that this mattress was uh, the most affordable and the most comfortable mattress. Just over and over again in all these ratings. Most affordable, most comfortable. Order over and over and over again. So I decided uh, this is the one I'm going to get. And so I ordered that mattress. Also in the reviews was another theme that kept coming out over and over and over again. That tons of people had written down. Not just a couple, just tons of people. It said in their reviews, you're not going to believe the package contains your mattress when it shows up at your door. So a couple days went by, and sure enough, a package came to my front door. And I didn't believe that my mattress was in it. Even though it was sitting right there, even though I got a confirmation that it came in, even though it was marked from the mattress company, I looked at it, and I didn't believe it. Because the box was only, I don't even know if it was two feet tall, and it was only about 15 or 16 inches wide. And I thought to myself, this is not my mattress. I pulled it inside the house, I opened up the box, and before my eyes, this mattress unrolled and folded out and inflated into an entire mattress. Uh, I knew two things. I was totally taken back. And number two, I would never get that mattress back in that box again. (laughs) But there it was. I couldn't believe it. Even after reading all these testimonies online, over and over and over again, showing from people that had ordered this exact product, you're not going to believe it. When it showed up, I still didn't believe it. Why? Because I couldn't see it with my own eyes. There is a concept in my head of what a mattress should be, and there is a concept of what reality actually was. I couldn't see it with my own two eyes, and so I refused to believe that a mattress could be packed away inside of that package. There was just no way that it could be in there. Do we doubt God sometimes in the same way? Because we just can't see it in our minds. There is no way that it could happen. There is no way God could fix, throw it out there. There is no way God could heal, throw it out there. There is no way God will show up in this situation. But he does. Over and over and over again. We see this, that we are short-sighted sometimes that we maybe even fear the promises that God has given to us, that we have a a, a doubt, even as Christians, that sometimes we have a doubt in this all-powerful being, even though he promises that this is what will happen, that this is what he is bringing and delivering to us in the child of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's okay, he tells us. Our Lord knows that we're going to doubt. but He says, give that to me. Come to me and ask for wisdom. Come to me and push aside that doubt. When you come, ask, and ask faithfully that I will be with you, that my spirit will be upon you, that I will empower you moving forward. That's the epistle lesson that Katie read for us this morning. Again, hear it from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who generously gives to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. When I went back and looked at all those different reviews online, I noticed nobody ever said, you know, because I doubted, The mattress company came to my house and took my mattress away. Not even one. In our Old Testament text with Abraham today, when he laughs and doubts God, uh, God does not withhold his promise from him. He gives him Isaac. He gives him this child. He gives him this title of being father of many, many nations. In our gospel text today, when Thomas doubts his brothers the other disciples that have been with him of all times all of them are telling him jesus came to us he is risen if i don't see it with my own eyes if i don't see the holes in his hand if i can't put my fingers in his side how do i know it's the truth how could god actually deliver a risen christ in that form to me how do i know it unless i see it with my own eyes come to me for wisdom god says Do not doubt. This is what I give to you in this time of Advent, of this child that is blessed unto you and unto the world. Not only a child that comes in a manger, but one who is delivered to be your Savior. One who will go to the cross for all of your sins. A promise that maybe sometimes even if we doubt, God does not pull from us. He doesn't come back to take that delivery. Every time we sin, God doesn't show up and say, you know what, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to take back that promise of Christ. I'm going to take back that promise of forgiveness. He just continues to be faithful to us over and over and over again. God wants to remove that doubt from you and I. He wants to remove the fear that you and I often possess. It's a fear that's been around not only in this Christmas, a fear of maybe telling others about this great news, but a fear of being able to maybe be let down. We see that over and over again with many of the individuals that are a part of this first Christmas story. We saw it last week when we talked about Mary. Look briefly this week as we look at the person of Joseph from Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. Talking about Joseph, it said, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, the son of David, fear not, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. What a privilege that was given to Joseph at that moment, that he was chosen by our Lord. That the Lord himself again shows up to remove this doubt from his mind. That what Mary is saying is true, that this is the Son of God being conceived inside of her. He thought to himself at first that maybe he should quietly step away from the situation. That he shouldn't be a part of the story of delivering God unto the world because he was unsure He didn't think that promise could be delivered in this form, in this way. Many people think about that. But again, remember that news. The coming of a Savior for all people over all time. To forgive our sins no matter what we have done in our past, present, and will do in the future. That he sheds his blood for us. That his spirit calls upon our hearts to believe in him. What a wonderful message. When was the last time you shared that message with somebody around you? When was the last time you told somebody about who Christ is and what he has done? There's a book put out by Thomas Rainer that's called The Unchurched Next Door. The people that live literally right next to us uh, that don't attend church. In the book, it surveys us as Christians, as people who attend the church and ask the question, how often do you invite someone to go with you to church? Only 2% of people uh, that are Christians that go to church on a regular basis invite somebody to church in any given year. Think about that. Only 2% of us in this entire next year of 2018 Will invite even one person to come to church. That would take uh, 50 years for all of us to finally be able to invite one person to come to church. I'd be 88 by the time every one of us here invited that. Pastor John would be older than Abraham in our text today. (laughs) We don't have that long. The people in our world uh, may not have uh, that long. It's a message that God has given unto you. And he tells us those exact same words today. Because listen to this number. In his book, he goes on to survey not only Christians, but to survey those who are unchurched, those who live next door to us. And they ask the question, how likely are you to come and join somebody for church? If your neighbor were to invite you, how likely are you to come? Never, maybe, somewhat likely, more than likely, or I'd say yes. And that top category of people who would say yes, they're more than likely or somewhat likely, putting those together is 82% of unchurched people. 82% say they would be somewhat likely, at least, to attend church with us if they were invited to come. But only 2% of us are inviting people to join us. Think about that. There's more than 100 of us here now. So 100 of us this week, go out and invite one person to come and join us for church this next Sunday. There's the potential for 82 more people to come and sit in these empty seats that we have available today. 82 more people to go out and serve in the community with us when we are the hands and feet of Christ. 82 more people to become a part Of our family that we call brothers and sisters in Christ. 82 more people that will hear the word preached from here and that message of what it means unto them next week. 82 more people who, hopefully, on that final day when you and I are in heaven, they stand with us. And even after hearing those things, there's still doubt inside of us. It's hard to be able to see. Maybe we say excuses of everybody I know around me uh, already goes to church. Maybe we tell ourselves, uh, you know what, I don't want to be too pushy. I've already asked so-and-so to come a certain amount of times. You know, I don't know if this is the right environment that I can really invite somebody to be able to come to church with me. But hear those words again from our Lord today. Fear not, he says. You have nothing to lose, and the people who are around us have everything to gain. That's the message that we hear during this time of Advent a message of a Savior not to be packed up away in our attic of life gathering dust, but one to be celebrated, to put out on our front doorsteps, to light up for our neighborhood to be able to see, so that people will know over and over again. That this message of Christmas isn't a one-time day celebration, but something that goes beyond that. It goes with our church and with our neighborhood and community into the new year, into new lives, into all eternity. Because there is more than Jesus than just Christmas. Remember that message that he has given to us. A message of fear not, share me. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, again, I I know it is the truth uh, even upon uh, my own heart that at times uh, we can make uh, excuses or exaggerations of why this is not the appropriate time to invite somebody to join us for church or to share who Christ is, uh, but we never see you do that at even one moment in Scripture. And so, in this Advent season, as we continue to go through text after text of seeing doubt in your people, but seeing faithfulness by your side, give that to us. Give us that faithfulness. You ask us to come before you and to ask for wisdom and to not doubt. And so, I do that on behalf of myself and everyone here today, Lord, that we will come to you, that you will give us wisdom as a church going out into the community, into our families, into your world, being able to save. Uh, being able to share, and being able to give that gift that you have provided for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. At this time, we have the opportunity uh, to respond to the Lord's word through our tithes and our offerings. Uh, We invite our ushers forward.